welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. How is life? Good. Yeah? Yeah. What, what is good about life at the moment? Um, <laughs> shining? <laughs> uh, it's nothing to complain about. The German way. Okay, that's, that's a very depressing outlook on life, though. In the last days, it was a bit um, exhausting because we had uh, things going on the whole day. <coughs> but now, tomorrow we have day off, and today we don't have plans in the evening. So. Okay. Yeah. What's God doing at the moment? By the way, I will always ask you that question, so you can do yourself a favor and just start thinking about it during the week, so you have an answer, or you'll struggle when I ask you, but I always ask you, how's, what's God doing at the moment? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yesterday... Uh, both of you. <laughs> yesterday, Ellen uh, was teaching Holy Spirit. Cool. And, uh, yeah, he... He talked about um, all the things. Isabel, Isabel, is that her Isabel? name? Yeah, that uh, yeah, all the things she had in her life with um, being on another uh, yeah, being in China mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the time standing still mm-hmm. and things like that, and it was. Uh, yeah, it's just really challenging. Is it exciting for you because you think, ooh, I want that as well? Or is it like, I'm not sure if I believe that? No, it's it's really cool. I mean, we both want to have it. <laughs> but it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not too easy to believe it. And uh, not, I mean, it's easy to believe that it's true. That's not a question for me. I mean, I'm really sure that it's true but it's um, yeah not as easy to believe that that all could take place in my life yeah are you are you doing anything in order to position yourself so it can happen <laughs> uh, yeah he showed us the uh, video with the coins sticking to the yeah. wall <laughs> <laughs> and so when we came uh, home yesterday to Gatley Road, we just started to try that. <laughs> Come on, well done. Yeah, and? and? It worked. One, it did? One yeah. coin is still on the wall. Yeah! Come on! And it's, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, really challenging me at the moment. To yeah. <laughs> Come on. The thing is, give God a chance to be God. Just seriously in everything. Give him a chance to be really who he says he is. And how you pray for people, believe that he can do it. You know, if you if if you don't think it's possible, you're not gonna offer to pray for somebody. 
And so, and just like the wild things, just like daydream about, ah, oh, how cool would it be if I was transported rather than having to walk back home to Gatley? And then just see what happens. And uh, it's, it's that sort of like position yourself. And it's great that people have, what you're walking in right now is the breakthrough of your previous generation. You know, students before you have broken through into that. And that's your inheritance because you're part of the school. But ask God what he has for you that you can break through for the people that come after you. Stuff that has never been done before. Because God's given it to you guys to break through for the ones that you don't even know the students that are going to come after you. But he's given you something to break through into another realm in the kingdom of God. That from that point onwards, it's going to be normal. For every student, it's going to be normal to walk through walls because you guys started doing it. You know, for every student, it's going to be normal to get transported to outreach. We don't have to book flights anymore because you guys started doing it. I'm serious. Like, there is this coin on the wall thing. You're only doing it because you saw somebody else do it. You heard the story. And now you live in it. You're like, flipping heck, this really works for me. But for somebody, that was the first time they've done it. And so that's what I mean. Like, how do you position yourself for the wild and weird things? And you've got dreams inside of you that I don't have. But that's why they're inside of you. So my challenge is, come on. Just because I will miss out if you don't break through into something new. Because your victory is going to be my breakthrough. It will be. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right, then just start seriously. Start doing wild things, weird things, and be okay with them not working if they don't, but give God a chance to be God. Yeah? Cool. Simon, what's God doing right now? Um, I'm not sure, maybe... It's that kind of believing that there's more for me and more that he can do and not just the things that I have seen already or already heard a thousand times. Mm -hmm. In what area? Yeah, this coins on the wall is just a, a example of the things um, that God can do um, with, for example, healing. I don't really seen it and believe it, but I don't really experience it often, and I yeah. doubt that I can pray for somebody and he gets healed. And because of that, I'm not doing it. If I would be confident in doing it and believing it, then I would just do it everywhere. And that's kind of what I wanted to do, but I'm not there because I'm right now. I'm seeing the people that are sick in the cafe or everywhere, and I think ah, I could pray for them, but then I think yeah, maybe it's not going to happen, and then I put the thought away and don't do it, and then wow. afterwards I'm not. Uh, it's a bad feeling for me because I thought, yeah, what if 
I could have done it and it would be no problem. And then I um, did it. Don't did it. Didn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> is which one comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, it is really like that. Do you do you believe, and then you can see people healed? Or do you just have to actually, despite your doubt, just do it and then see people healed and then your faith is going to grow? Um, either way, you'll have to start praying for people. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's a choice that you will need to make, not a feeling. It's just, all right, let's do this. And the, since it's the both of you, you can even... You know, enter into a covenant together. It's like, right, from now on, for the rest of the school, we're not going to give each other permission to chicken out on any sort of challenges. As soon as one of us sees a sick person, the other one makes sure that we pray for that person. And and just, you have to be hardcore about it. You do. And just see what God does. And all the yeah, but, and what if, and just, you've had, this is how you've done life so far. It hasn't really worked in terms of producing much faith for healing. So try something new. Just be like, all right. Just all in 100% to say that, right, Jesus? Because you're going to, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You're going to embarrass yourself a bit. Nobody knows you in England anyways. Seriously, that's the that's the best time for you to do it. Because I'm telling you, if you don't if you don't dare doing it in the UK, you're not going to try it at home. Because at home, it feels like the stakes a bit higher because people know you, and it just is another obstacle. But if you walk in success already in the school, and then you're going to come home, then you've got your own stories. How do you pray for people? So. If you see somebody on the street walking, uh, whatever he has, um, <laughs> how do you do? You just say, "Oh man, can I pray for you?" Or yeah, I, I think, and that's why outreach is so good. You know what you do because you can practice different approaches, and some approaches are easier for you than others. Um, I, for example, I just say, um, oh, I see that you've got any pain. Do you, do you have any pain in your body? Or I can see that you've got pain in your body. Um, what is it? And then I, they just tell me, oh, you know, my back hurts or I've broken my ankle or something. It's like, just, uh, I've seen many people healed. You know, I'm a Christian. I believe that Jesus can do that today. Can I just do this? Can I just pray for you quickly and see what happens? Um, If I just pray, say, can I pray for you? Then they're like, oh yeah, thank you. And then I'm surprised if I want to pray for them now. They think I go home and pray for them at home. Um, sometimes I don't even ask. You know, if we're in a conversation and they just tell me, I just, I'll just say, I'm just going to pray for you quickly. Put my hand on and say, pain, you need to go in the name of Jesus. And that's already, that's three seconds, you know, before they can even object. I already have my hand on their back. And uh, and then I said, now try it out, see some if something happened. And then they're just like, 
and you know that's already just like try it out not just oh, okay I pray by now but and pray quickly you know no more than two seconds maybe three because people just don't wait and God doesn't need more than three seconds to heal somebody it's only our fear that he's not going to do it that makes us pray longer <laughs> yes yeah it is um, but what if they so if they get healed I mean then it's easy and if they don't get healed do you pray a then second just ask, yeah just ask can I pray for you again okay and then it's a, it's a genuine thing they're not they're not um while you are practicing but they're not guinea pigs for you you're not there are still people God loves them they're not just a victim that you can get a testimony from so it's a genuine thing you know I'm really sorry like I'm really sorry that you are in pain and therefore I, I would love to see you well and um, and honestly I have yet to encounter somebody that was mad at me for praying for them everybody thanked me even the ones that didn't get healed because to them it even meant that somebody somebody cared enough for them to stop them and, and say I would love to see you be better um, and then I just pray again and if it if it doesn't work a second time I ask you know I always ask them try it out just you know bend your knees or your back or just check your head whether it hurts and then if If nothing happens, I'll just kind of pray again. And then if they are in a hurry and they need to go, then I just like, look, I'll keep praying for you. And I just, I personally ask Holy Spirit to remind me to pray for them. Because it's not my job to heal people. I can't do that. But it's my job to give God an opportunity to heal people. And that's, that's all that you need to do. And see what happens and and if you have to pray for 50 people before you see the first person healed that's okay but then after the 51st person you're gonna see somebody healed you know and one person is much more of a testimony than the 50 that didn't get healed because everybody that has all these We got theology why God doesn't do it, or we think, yeah, we should, but what if not? And all of that leads us to nothing but disappointment because and unbelief. Because we're not even, we're stopping ourselves before we even give God the chance to do something. Because we're like, ah, oh, God, you're not going to do it anyways, so let's not try. And he's like, ah, but I'm God. If you would just let me. And so however you want to do this and you need to find your own group you need to find your own words and you're not going to have the same words for every situation but when you're at Tesco you know there's always somebody with like a wrist because they've got um, copper tunnel syndrome or whatever it is and just like hey can I just pray for you quickly be restored in the name of Jesus you do that while they sweep while they check you out you know they can't stop <laughs> they just And they can't stop you from talking, so you just pray. <laughs> It's really easy. And as soon as you make it complicated, you give yourself enough reasons not to do it. 
but it is really easy. Everything that makes it complicated, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, it's not theologically correct, okay? So, um, but anything that makes it complicated is not Jesus. Jesus is so simple that children can understand. Yeah, he's the most complex being in the universe. You know, you can you can have fifty doctorates and still not understand God. Absolutely, but he's so simple that children can understand and believe. So um, try not to make it all difficult. Try not to figure everything out. Just believe him when he says, "Go and do this." We're like, "All right." That's all it takes. Any more questions? I like these questions. <laughs> Did you ask him his Galatians question? No. <laughs> Timo, oh. these, these guys had Phil in this complete quandary because they kept asking him a question. And, and Phil kept saying, I'm sorry, guys, but I never said that. And they kept saying, you did say this, and they're quoting it. <laughs> And I wasn't there, but actually they were quoting you when you were talking about Galatians. They had forgotten it was you. <laughs> so poor, so poor Phil, poor Phil is having to talk your theology on something that he's saying. But I wouldn't. I, I don't. I don't even teach on that. That's funny. It's a bit about revealing Christ in you. Oh, uh, that's Galatians one. Galatians one. Sorry. Yeah. One sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> until it pleased the Father to reveal Christ in me. Yeah. What is the question? <laughs> uh, if it was you, <laughs> it was, uh, it was me. Okay. <laughs> then uh, you said that you like it that it is um, written Christ in me because yeah. it is written that Christ is already there. And so uh, we looked the scripture at the Bible lexicon, mm -hmm. and it's—I'm not sure what it says, but it says anything else. Um, and it says anything else. Yeah, I just need to look it up. That's okay. I'll do the same. Yeah, so it is, um, yeah, to reveal his son in me, and in the Greek it is just uh, reveal a son in order that, so it's not the same in the Greek. Yeah, to reveal the son of him in me. Yeah, but the, the words, it is um, Apocalypsia is reveal. And yeah. then the Uyon, a son. Yeah. And then the Ina, which is translated with in me. Yeah. Yeah. 
is just in order that. Yeah, exactly. So it is not really saying in me. There's there's a lot more there. Yeah. <laughs> translation are you reading because you, your translation is missing then something uh, I just look it up on Bible Hub and in the lexicon yeah exactly if you just go to Bible Hub yeah and then rather than lexicon just go to the Greek straight away so you're in Galatians 1.16 yeah And then the GRK. Yeah. And you can see even the Strong's numbers there. Ah, okay. I just thought it's the same in the Greek and in the lexicon. Mm, no, because at the bottom you can see the other, even the different Greek translations. Okay. And just just in case you're wondering whether the first one isn't quite true, you can see, still see the son of him in me. Yeah. Okay. Does, does it help? Yeah. It's good. And now you have to sort it out with God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. It is, it is still one of my biggest challenges, um, personally, because, um, but, but he's just a little bit bigger than me. Right, um, how much time do we have? As long as you want. Okay, well, my laptop battery is at 64%, that's how much time we have. <laughs> um... I I want to start talking about the character of God. Um, to me, I love that people talk about certain attributes of him. You know, he's holy, he's love, uh, patience, and, um, and then we kind of reversed it, because John says, um, God is love, and everybody's like, yeah, this is it, and this is it, it really is. But then we reverse it and we say, yeah, well, as soon as you love anybody, that's kind of it, that's the kingdom. And I'm like, no, that's not it. You cannot, it's, it, I'm a human being and I, I exist out of different atoms. You can take them apart, uh, different molecules, and uh, they, if you, if you look at them all separately, they all have different traits. Um, but only if you put them all together do they actually make who I am. Does it make sense? So I think looking at love without the person and the context of Jesus is very dangerous because um, 
that's not the difference. Because then we start defining love by what we think love is, rather than who he... Love is not defined by itself, but love is defined by who God is. Does it make sense? God is love. Yeah? The same with holiness. What is holy? I can only define holiness if I have Jesus. And because uh, otherwise, I'll just make up my own little definition of what is holy and what isn't. Does it make sense? And so, just any sort of attribute that we look at, we cannot ever, ever, ever look at them apart from the person of Jesus. Heresy starts when we look at the attributes of God without the person of Jesus. Because then we kind of taken away something and it only actually makes sense within the context of Jesus even if I don't understand it, even if I don't like it but it has to be Jesus like I just if 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 whatever you preach does not reveal Jesus and I'm not talking all oh, a trait of Jesus I'm talking about the person of Jesus you can love somebody but never introduce them to Jesus and that's missing the point. Did you know I'm... It's like... And, and because in the past we tried to... Well, it's all about Jesus. Who cares if we love people? We just have to yell at them. You're going to go to hell. And that's obviously wrong. And so now we're trying to flip it the other way around. It's like, as long as we love people, that's enough. It's like, no. Um, as long as they meet Jesus, that's enough. And they're going to meet him when they encounter his love in us. But it's still takes a person to introduce you know hey this is jesus my friend this is bob my friend you guys you should know each other you know have, have a good life so that's to me this is what like when we look at the character of him um and we look at at some of his we're going to look at some of his names you know he calls himself the father he calls himself the creator he calls himself the healer um, as soon as we take them outside of the context of the person of Jesus uh, your theology is going to start limping so it's always 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 Jesus amen foundation is Jesus nobody can lay another foundation says in 1 Corinthians 3 but the one that has been laid that is Christ Jesus now in Romans 11 29 um, Paul says that um, the gifts of God they are without repentance that means God's not going to take him back where did mommy go? oh he's back my bible that's it <laughs> you should You should. are you guys taking notes? usually or not? sometimes <laughs> Uh, don't just don't just open your iPad now. It's like oh, this um, I'm telling you, you will forget most of the stuff that any of us is saying. But if you at least write down some of the scripture, you're gonna be able to just at the end um, make some connections. And yeah, some of this stuff is gonna be recorded, but the best things are actually not being put on the podcast. Those are the things that are just happening, you know, as you talk. But you need to make you need to start. Um, your own personal culture of writing stuff down. You've got a journal. Use it. Seriously. Just wherever you are, just just take your journal with you. If you have it electronically, that's absolutely fine. 
but start writing stuff down. Um, Holy Spirit is going to remind you when it's time to look at those notes again. But if you don't have notes, there's very little to remind you of. So um, do that. Romans 11:29. The gifts of God are irrevocable. So He's not taking them back. Just imagine that. That's quite scary. God gives you a skill, a gift, a spiritual gift, but also a talent. And He says, "I have. I am so generous that." I don't just lend it to you, but I'll actually give it to you, and I don't require it back. That means that is still you can still function in your gift even if you don't walk in relationship with him anymore. And we see that with like big TV preachers that have an amazing ministry. They you know heal people. There's revival somewhere, and then all of a sudden um, it comes out that they've been cheating on their taxes or on their wife or whatever it is and we think how can that be it is because God has said I'm going to give you stuff and uh, and I want you to walk in relationship with me so that your character can grow so that you don't get corrupted by the things that I'm going to give to you but I want to mold your character I want to you to walk in and this is what discipleship is um, so that the uh, vessel in which I can pour stuff is actually big enough to hold the things that I'm pouring into rather than being overwhelmed with whatever gift you have from God. Um, Proverbs 18 verse 16 says that a gift, um, a man's gift is going to make room for him and bring him before great men. To me, that is the things that God has placed inside of me. If I'm faithful with them, however small, however big they are, he's given you the gift of hospitality. He's given you the gift of generosity. He's given you the prophetic gift, the healing, whatever it is. Um, being faithful in those, those are the bits that actually bring you before great men. You see this in Daniel, in the Bible. He was somebody who was so faithful with the things that God has placed inside of him that he was even willing to, first and foremost, even in his, when he was still in training, he refused to eat the king's food and said, actually, we would love to try something else, you know, just vegetable and water for us. Um, the first vegans that we know of. And God bless them. I don't understand. <laughs> but... Um, and, and then he was faithful in his in his walk, and and even when there was decrees against, you know, you shouldn't worship anybody but the king. Um, and then he was still praying. He was still praying with his window open toward Jerusalem. Um, he was faithful, and the king recognized it. The king honored it, and the king, not just that king, but Daniel actually served kings. There was, I think, it was a total of three. Is that right, Rebecca? At least two. I think three. That he served because he was faithful in his calling, in the wisdom that God has put inside of him. Sorry, Tim, I wasn't listening. Okay, was it two kings? It was at least two, but I think it was three kings that Daniel served. Oh, three, at least three. three. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's Joseph, you know, in Egypt, and he's faithful in his in his calling, and uh, and until. That gifting is in a place where God's like, now we can use it. That's when the gift is actually going to make room for you before great men. 
Um, in, in Psalm 105, verse 19, the Bible says that until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Um, that was talking about Joseph. And Joseph had a prophetic dream already. He had a couple of dreams. Um, Psalm 105, verse 19. So, Joseph had this had this prophetic dream about one day my brothers are going to bow down to me. Yeah, And he was already his dad's favorite. He had the multicolored coat. He always had, you know, dad loved him and, uh, and his brothers hated him. And then Joseph went even one step further and um, he had another dream where not just even the stars bow down to him, but now the sun and the moon are bowing down to him. So his mom and his dad, they're going to bow down to him as well. And at that point his dad's like, son, just going to be careful here. That's, you know... This is, this is not cool. Um, now, his character was probably not in the best of place because he kind of just let his brothers know, by the way, one day you're going to bow down to me. And, you know, I'm, the dad's, I'm my dad's favorite. So they hated him to the point of death. They wanted to kill him, um, eventually sold him into slavery. But there was this part inside of him that was faithful to his God and the integrity that was within him. And you know the story. Then he gets sold into Potiphar's house. Now Potiphar um, recognized that integrity, recognized the wisdom of God inside of him. And actually, like if you don't, if you don't believe and trust a slave, you're not going to make him the, um, the steward over all your household. Do you understand? Like his, he was second in command. Potiphar knew Joseph, and he trusted him. And then there's a story with Potiphar's wife. She makes move on, moves on him. Um, and again, Joseph is so faithful. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa! I could not do this to my lord. And then, rather than being promoted for his faithfulness and his integrity, the wife tells another story, Potiphar, and this is me, this is not this is not in the Bible, but this is just me thinking. Potiphar knew his wife. You know, you just and Potiphar knew Joseph. But but you're still gonna believe at least at least toward the outside, you're still gonna put more weight on what your wife says rather than a slave. But if I don't, I really don't believe Potiphar would have even given Joseph that position if, if he would have thought that he wasn't walking in integrity. Does it make sense? So he's there. Now he's thrown in prison for doing the right thing. And he's there for years. And even in prison, he's not like, maybe you and me, but God's forgotten me. I'm just, you know, forget it all. Screw that. I'm just going to look out for myself. I hate God. I hate the people. I hate my brothers. I, I hate everybody. Not so Joseph. He walked in such integrity that the dungeon master put him, again, he just, the, who he was always put him at the top. All of a sudden, he was responsible for looking after the whole prison. That's crazy. That's him just walking in his gifting, in his integrity. And then, and there's the cupbearer, and then there's the um, the baker, and they both have the dreams. And Joseph interprets the dreams and says to the baker, "I'm really sorry, you're gonna die in three days." And to the cupbearer, is like, "Woohoo, you're gonna be restored into your previous position in three days." Um, 
And then he says to the cupbearer, and when you stand before the Pharaoh, please remember me. Cupbearer forgets everything about Joseph. Yeah, as soon as he's out, three days later, he's like, ding, ding, I'm in front of the Pharaoh, nothing could be better. Until, I think it's two years later, two years, where the Pharaoh has a dream that he doesn't understand. Or actually two dreams that he doesn't understand. And then the cupbearer remembers there was somebody there. And in one day, Joseph becomes, from where he was, on the, on the lowest part in terms of society. He was in prison. All of a sudden he becomes, he, he gets moved to the highest position in society. He becomes as Pharaoh. He's second in command. Instantly, overnight. Until the word of the Lord came to pass, that was a promise that God had over his life. But the word of the Lord tested Joseph, can you be faithful in the things? Can you walk in integrity? And actually to the point where Joseph had to learn forgiveness. Because one day his brothers would be before him and would bow before him. And then it would be essential for Joseph, because Jesus did not come out of the line of Joseph. Yeah, Jesus came through the line of Judah. So Joseph had to be forgiving toward his brothers in order for the line of Jesus to actually continue. Do do you understand? This is essential that Joseph needed to learn to forgive in order for Jesus to appear thousands of years later. And it would have not happened if Joseph was walking maybe in his gifting but not actually allowing God to change his character. And if he would have still hated his brothers because they sold him, they did that to him. And now that he's as Pharaoh, that he's second in command, now he could kill them if he wanted to. And if he would would hated his brothers, he could have actually potentially destroyed God's salvation plan. And God's like, but I've made you to be this amazing person that's actually going to rescue your family and thus establish the line that Jesus is going to come through one day. But the word of the Lord is going to test you. Can you walk in your integrity? So so character is just this. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Now, when I was younger, I heard people often say if you can choose between gifting and character always choose character yeah sounds very good it's like hey um, yeah you don't need to walk in authority but you need to be a nice person you need to be a person of integrity it's like I want to tell you you don't have to choose you have to choose both yeah you, you need to walk in character you need to walk in integrity but if you only walk in character and character you're going to be the nicest neighbor people ever have yeah, and you're going to be the most reliable person people know, but there won't be power and authority to you. You need to walk in power and authority. You need to walk in the gifting too. You need to represent God well in terms of his heart, his character, but Jesus came with authority, with power. He actually healed people. He actually raised the dead. So just don't don't choose. Choose both. Amen? good it's the weirdest thing this thing of walking with God the Father where he's actually 
um, this is what discipleship with God looks like. That He's actually raising you more and more into sonship. And sonship, there is really this thing of obedience with Him as well. And um, it's, it's obedience is only tested if you're challenged with things that you wouldn't want to do normally. Does it make sense? Like, hey, can you pray for this person? Nah, not feeling like it today. That's that's your that's your chance to display obedience. Um, you feel Holy Spirit is asking you to do something weird, weird, wild, wacky. That's your chance to be obedient. Even just with the guys that are teaching you, I think Alan is probably the most hands-on guy, and he's going to push you. He really will beyond the place where you feel comfortable. I'm, 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 I'm begging you, trust him. Trust Alan, trust Holy Spirit through Alan. There is going to be something of a breakthrough beyond your discomfort. This is um, in Luke 2.52, it talks about Jesus. And it says, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with both God and man. Just listen to this again. Jesus grew in stature. That's that's all right. Yeah, he, he literally grew. He was a baby, then he was a man. He grew in wisdom. He wasn't, he just, as he walked with his father as a human being, he, the father revealed more of himself and Jesus grew in wisdom and he grew in favor with God and with men. And that's just, if Jesus in the flesh did that, then all the more it's you and me just walking with God on a daily basis saying, okay, Dad, today, what is it that you've got for me? I would love to hang out with you. I'd love to learn stuff. I'd love to just, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And so it really is about character. Solomon is one of those great examples to me, the wisest man ever alive really and he even wrote the uh, the proverbs where it says can a man put coals in his bosom a bosom and not be burned it's basically he says you cannot play with sin without it corrupting you it is impossible to even think that you can control sin just don't do it and then he himself married 600 women and had another 300 concubines and it says then those his wives turned his heart from the Lord and he started walking in idolatry the very guy who said don't do it did it himself yeah the wise if the wisest man he wasn't just clever he was wise if the wisest man couldn't handle sin I don't want to think of me that I can I can do a better job than Solomon does it make sense? But because there's gifting inside of me, sometimes I can fool myself thinking, yeah, but I can still heal people. It doesn't matter what I do when nobody's looking at God's like, but, but it does matter. It really does. Now there's forgiveness, absolutely. And he's the high priest. You know, he intercedes for us, not a problem. But I think it's a journey that whether you're actually wanting him to approach some things in your character and says, come on, let's work on them. Because, because I don't want you to, to 
end up being corrupted because I've actually made you holy and I've put so much of gold and power inside of you and I want to reveal that. Um, yeah. And I think that's why, that's all of that, is why I want to go through the whole um, series with you guys about the character of God, looking at who He is. Because um, 1 Corinthians 3 17 says where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom and then 18 19 but we actually with unveiled faces behold him and then it says we have been transformed into his likeness basically when we see him we'll be like him and the more he reveals to us about who he is it's almost like looking in the mirror the more you realize who you are and looking at his character and seeing how much he walks in who, that he is love is actually trans it's going to manifest love in your life when you see that he is the most patient person in the universe that patience is just going to be a, a fruit in your life that's what galatians says the fruit of the spirit the same thing with everything else integrity when you see him that he's faithful his name in revelation it actually says that his name is faithful and true isn't that that's that's the definition of integrity jesus is faithful and true and when you see jesus you see who you are and it's not you trying to be something it's actually jesus revealing that you are already faithful and true and now you can just manifest it more and that's why I love looking at the character of God. Um, 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he loved us first. It's really that. You, he is the source of everything. It's, it's always been Jesus, always will be Jesus. <clears throat> and then Jesus says in Luke 6.45, uh, A good person produces good deeds from a good heart. Makes perfect sense, yeah? A good person produces good deeds from a good heart. And an evil person produces evil deeds from an evil heart. It's as simple as that. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. You will know them by their fruits. Like it's, it, it, it is so simple. It doesn't matter what you do. And God is not so much concerned about what you look like on the outside. He's so interested in who you are. Because who you are... That's always going to manifest. I like that Bill Johnson had it, uh, put it this way. Um, he only has to take care of his own heart, then he doesn't have to watch what his mouth says. Because, but if we are, if we're worried about what's inside of us, then we constantly have to guard our mouth so we don't say the wrong thing. Because actually, we're thinking the wrong thing, yeah. But we don't want to say it because we want to look good. Um, but actually, if your heart is good. And God has given you a new heart. You have a good heart. But sometimes you don't know it. Sometimes you still don't believe it. And that's the unveiling of the new creation. And that good heart is going to produce good deeds. And so it is that, just walking in that integrity, seeing who Jesus is. The more I get to know about him, the more I actually get to see about who I am. Does it make sense? Yes, I need you guys to respond a bit. Otherwise, otherwise, uh, I feel like just talking to to nobody. <laughs> Every name of God 
reveals a bit of who he is. Um, it's not so much in our culture anymore, but in biblical times, names weren't just, hey, you're Billy and you're Bob and you're Johnny. It was really just like every name meant something. And so when, when God called Abram, um, he, Abram, Abram, before there was an H in there, is um, the father. But then Abraham is the father of nations. Yeah? So God called Abraham by his destiny before Abraham even had a son. So every time God talked to him, he's like, Abraham, one day, I've put this already inside of you, but one day you're going to be the father of nations. And then there was his wife, Sarai, is the princess. Yeah, you are a princess, absolutely. But then when he put his H in there, Sarah, it's like now there's, there's just this, this mother of nations. This, this is who you are. He's prophesying over them before they even display any of this thing. This, this, it, it's just, that's why um, with, with Jacob, because Jacob was given his name because he grabbed his brother, you know, as you know the story, as they're given birth, they're twins, but he held on onto his, his heel, his brother's heel. So he was given the, the name supplanter or cheater, yeah? He's the guy that always cheats. So basically, Jacob means cheater. So every time his mom called him, he's like, hey, cheater, come here. His dad, hey, cheater, do this. What do you think his identity was? I'm a cheater. What did he do? He cheated his whole life. He cheated his brother, both out of the right, the firstborn right, his inheritance, and then the blessing where he he <laughs> he just put he put deer's cloth on his um, on his arms. You know, wore his brother's coat to get his feet, cheated his brother out of everything, and then he had to escape, and then he went to Laban. Now, what you sow is what you reap. Get what, guess what Jacob reaped? He worked seven years for his wife, and then what happened? He got cheated. Surprise, surprise. Yeah? But then, he just worked another seven years. So he married two sisters. Now that's already trouble enough. He should have stopped after the first one. Just don't, <laughs> don't get married twice in the first place. But just don't ever get married to sisters. And I don't know who thought that was a good idea. But now, in his time, he starts cheating Laban. And he actually, you know, if, yeah, you need, just need to read the story again. We actually, now he, he looks after Laban's sheep. And whenever it was mating season, they had just a deal. You know, every kind of um, freckled sheep with a couple of spots on it, that's going to be mine. So, so again, Jacob cheated his way so that there was a lot of freckled sheep. And they're just like, he just cheated his father-in-law out, um, um, out of his stock. And then um, he leaves and... Eventually, his, his brother is about to come. Now, Jacob is so afraid 
because he knows that his brother wants to kill him. So he sends all his animals first. He sends all his servants first. He sends all his children first. He, what a coward. He sends his two wives first. And then he waits there. And that night the angel of the Lord appears to him. And he starts wrestling with the angel. Because he realizes that actually I don't want to live life like this anymore. This is not alright to live as a cheater. And that night God changed his name. And he gave him the name Israel, Prince of God. From now on, you, you're no longer, you're not going to walk under this, under this curse, under this expectation, under this false identity of a cheater. You, I'm going to call you by a new name. You are a Prince of God. And, uh, and this is the power of names. So whenever God reveals himself as something... It was, and whenever God called somebody by a name, it is always that I'm speaking identity into you. I'm speaking destiny over you. Now, my name is Timo. Um, do you know what, what your name means, Timo? No. It means both honored by God and honoring God. Timo Tedos, honor God. Being honored by God and honoring God. Um, and for, for me in worship, for example, my favorite part in, in a worship set is when there's high praises. When I just, I get to yell and scream about who God is, where I get to give him praise, glory, and honor. And, and as soon as I understood, this is actually my name. It is my, it is my destiny. When God has just spoken that into me it's like Timo you are somebody through your life you're going to honor me constantly all of a sudden my my passion in this aspect of God made perfect sense because I'm like ah oh, now I understand why I get so excited because it is who I am and I get to walk in honor when people just just bestow honor upon me it's because I am honored by God so Check out your name, seriously. Go on Google, it's beautiful. And just, just see what, what God says. What your parents chose the name for you, but God has always had his hand in it. Yeah? So we're gonna go through through some of his names. Um but it's yeah. Is this thing about it's not about what he can do it's about who he is the Bible talks about Israel knew um, the works of the Lord but Moses knew his ways yeah it's one thing to know that he can heal but it's another thing to know the healer himself because he can heal people on principle because there's power in the name of Jesus there really is um, in, in, in Acts, there's a story of the seven sons of Sceva. Do you know them? Where they, they were Jewish exorcists. They were, trying, they were delivering people, casting out demons without even being Christians themselves. And they were casting out demons. Um, and they said, and we cast out, you demon, we cast you out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Yeah? It's not the Jesus that we know. We, we function in the gifting rather than 
in the relationship. And then there's, um, do you know the story? The Seven Sons of Skiva. Read, read the book of Acts. Now that you're, you know, just you're opening up to all the impossibilities of what God can do. The book of Acts is, is an amazing book. But basically the sons of Sceva um, trying to deliver this one guy, the demon turns around and say, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And then this one guy just starts fighting with these seven sons and rips their clothes off so they have to actually flee naked. It's, it's incredible. But it's that you can walk in gifting and miss the point of Jesus. Or you can walk in this union with him, this relationship with him, where it's actually, it really isn't about what you do, but in that intimacy with him, all that signs and miracles, they will follow you, they will pursue you. It is as simple as that. But if you only pursue signs and miracles, you might even see them, but you're going to miss Jesus. So I guess my journey with you guys over the next couple of weeks is looking at the different characters of, or not, not all of them, but some of the names that God has given himself. You know, he's the provider. He's your righteousness. He's your breakthrough. He's your banner. But he only always revealed himself whenever they needed him as that thing. I love about God. He, he, didn't, he didn't just give him a manual and say, read this and you'll be all right. Because that's what the law is. You can work the law in principle. You can work the law without actually having a relationship with God. And you're missing the point. That's, what Jesus, that's why Jesus came to represent the Father again. Because they missed the point of relationship with God. And thought we can, we can do this thing. We can function in it. Yeah, I can work in my gifting. I just have to learn from Rebecca how to pray for people. I just learn from Alan how to whack people with the Holy Spirit. And that's all right. And you might even be able to learn that. Because the gifting of God that's inside of you, he's not going to withdraw. But you're going to miss Jesus if you only focus on those things. But if you walk with Jesus, if you get to know him, more and more. All these bits, Jesus is always going to manifest himself. And you're going to see more miracles in walking with Jesus than just trying to pursue miracles. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So, homework, hang out with him. Really, just, just hang out with him. Get to know him. Um, start, guys, start journaling more. Just, this is, this is really important. Um, have long conversations with him just ask him questions and because um, I'm going to ask you the next time I'm going to ask you again what is God doing right now how are you doing with God and it's and it's it's so important if it's a genuine relationship then you will know what's happening but if you only walk walk with God because of certain principles you don't know where you're at when you when you work and walk out of principle, you're actually just a servant. You never walk in sonship. Servants, Jesus says the servant doesn't know the master's will. It just, it just I don't know. I, I just, I wait until he says something again and I'll just do it. I'll just wait for the command. But a friend, a son, knows the heart. 
and uh, and that's it again back to Israel knew his works they knew that God provides but Moses knew his ways Moses knew his heart you know when I don't I don't even understand how this fits into our grace theology but there was one day when God was fed up with Israel he was going to kill them all yeah and Moses was on the mountain with him and God's like Moses I had it I'm going to start over with you again I'm going to wipe them all out going to start over with you. Forget Abraham, I'm going to start with you, Moses. And then Moses, because he knows the heart of God, so I really don't think that it was, it was really, well, I actually don't know. But Moses almost reminded God of God's heart. I know it's theologically wrong, but, but to understand that it's not about his works, it is about his ways. But when you know his heart, and when he, again, this is back to the question, how do we approach somebody? How do we pray for somebody? Do you have a heart? Do you feel his heart for that person? Or is that person just another guinea pig? Okay, well, Timo said we need to pray, so we just, well, just come on, we'll pray for you. Exactly. They might even get healed, but you're going to miss the point of actually feeling his heart for them. And that's when you can introduce them to Jesus, when they encounter Jesus through you because all of a sudden your heart toward them has changed. You can know his works and you can know his ways. Again, you don't have to choose between integrity, character, or power and authority. Choose both. Walk in your gifting. Make space for that. Um, just position yourself. Just stick more coins to the wall. Be wild with your words of knowledge. On a Sunday, just honestly, just almost as a game, but just challenge each other. Everybody needs to give at least one word of knowledge every Sunday. It's just part of what we do. We want to grow in this. Seriously, you need to just challenge each other like this. But at the same time, ask, start asking each other those questions. Hey, what is God saying to you right now? On your way to the school, you have a good half hour to talk about how are you doing with God? What is God saying right now? And uh, you need to start asking each other these questions because it's about knowing his heart. It's about knowing his ways. It's about getting to know who he is. And the more you see who he is, the more you're going to see more about who you are. Now I'm going to repeat myself. That's stopping here. <laughs> but hopefully, yeah, get to know Jesus, please. Yeah, not about Jesus, but get to know him. Yeah, it pleases the Father to reveal Christ in you. Yes, so get to know Him, Christ in you. He's the hope of glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Our Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.